You're listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. My name is Jeff. And I'm Anna. And today we are talking to Stephen Banks. Stephen is a psyche uh, practitioner, and uh, we met him a while ago at the Interior Wellness Festival in Kamloops. And psyche sounds like a really interesting process, so we wanted to talk to him about that. Um, Stephen, are you there? Earth to Stephen, Earth to Stephen. Come in, Stephen. <laughs> I'm here, Jeff. Thank you. This How is you one doing? small step for man. Can you do you go by Stephen or Steve? Hey, either or. Stephen's fine. Stephen oh. be good. Okay. So, Steve, um, Stephen. Now I just so, asked, and then went the other. Comes <laughs> okay. You do psyche. How did you originally come across psyche as a practice? Well, Psyche, um, what brought me into Psyche was a series of synchronistic events. As we know, we live our lives and one thing leads to another, but I was in a place of uh, deep searching, I guess you could say. Um, I had been in a car accident and had been unemployed for quite some time and uh, had been unable to return to work due to my uh, injury. And um, my partner, as you spoke with Stephanie Banks in 2012, after she had a near-death experience, she started to channel these messages of profound insight on how to, uh, you know, essentially get to know ourselves and live a conscious and and, and inspirational life, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, reading all these messages, and, um, you know, it was like the, the most powerful self-help book that you could find. But what I found was when you look at, back at my life, I was really smart, I was really conscious of all these procedures and processes and and I understood that yes I have this ability to achieve and feel and experience and express so much more than I am but yet I still remained with with these behaviors that that were limiting and self-sabotaging and and you know not really expressing my full potential and I uh, basically I put it out to the universe you know send me some way to be a service to to people and and to contribute to society in some productive way and I ended up, uh, like two days later, it's amazing how things happen, uh, hearing a podcast by Bruce Lipton, and he was talking about the biology of beliefs and the fact that he had discovered in 1969 that, uh, in fact, it's our perceptions and our beliefs that are controlling our behaviors in our lives, um, and that if we change our limiting beliefs, then we will literally change and transform our lives because when you change the way you see something, as Wayne Dyer said, you know, when you change the way you look at something, that that thing that you're looking at changes. And, of course, he didn't specifically uh, say that it was our beliefs that were creating that perception, but um, it, it turned out to be true, and science has proven this. So uh, I did a bit of research about Bruce Lipton and the work he was doing, and I ended up finding this process called Psyche, which is uh, abbreviation for Psychological Kinesiology, and um, it's a form, it's associated with energy psychology. And what it is, is it literally is a belief change process. It allows us to rewrite our limiting beliefs. So in order to understand how powerful psyche can be, you have to really understand the power of our beliefs and um, the fact that it is our beliefs that are controlling our perceptions, which literally control our, our, our reality. You know, it, it creates our personality, which essentially is our personal reality. So um, as I started to recognize the potential for Psyche um, and recognizing my own limiting beliefs, um, I immediately signed up, and it took a year and a bit, but now I'm uh, fully 
um, licensed facilitator. So you're psyched out? <laughs> What's that? Are you psyched out? <laughs> I'm psyched up, that's for sure. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I'm curious about Psyche. I know another person who is a practitioner, and she has great things to say about it too, but I've never had it or had a session. So how does it work? Well, what Psyche does, essentially it's a form of super learning. It uh, uses postures, specific postures, to create um, a brain synchronization. And what's amazing about all of this stuff is that the, the new science, and it's been going on since the you know, 60s, 70s, um, is proving, it's backing up all of these things to be true. So what it does is it creates this brain synchronization between your left and your right hemispheres and allows you to literally just drop in the new belief in minutes. And uh, the leading uh, neuroscience, um, Jeff Fannin, he's uh, one of the leading scientists in his field um, with brain mapping. And I heard a story about how he, you know, he had been doing brain mapping for, uh, well, 40 years or something at this point, and he came across Psyche, and one of his uh, colleagues had said they came across Psyche, which is this belief change process, and you can literally change your beliefs in moments, and, and it really changes the electromagnetic field around your body. And it, can, it literally changes who you are. And he's like, there's no way that this is true. So uh, his colleague did a session while they were using the brain mapping technology so they could literally see what was going on inside the brain and inside the body. And he saw within minutes that this person was making these drastic changes within their, within their, within their energy field. And uh, from that moment on, he's been supporting it. And um, it, it's just fascinating how the science uh, backs it up. But really, all it is is using brain synchronization and a belief statement and certain postures and um, to literally reprogram your subconscious beliefs. So who does the postures? Is it the patient or the the one practitioner? Uh, yeah, I was going to say the one helping the patient because I couldn't come <laughs> up with the right word. No, absolutely. It's the client. All I do as a facilitator is literally facilitate the process. As a facilitator, I'm not doing anything aside from presenting you with the opportunity to make the changes. It is you 100% who's making the changes. No one can change anything for you. You have to take responsibility for that, and, it, and it's absolutely true. So as a facilitator, I'm just providing the client with allowing them the opportunity to make the changes themselves. So how do you get into their brains enough to understand where the limiting beliefs are? Well, the fascinating thing about beliefs... Um, okay, well, we'll start at the beginning. So to understand beliefs, what we have to understand is that um, from the third trimester of pregnancy until we're at the age of seven, our, our brain frequency is in, in such a state that we're literally in a state of hypnosis. So in order for us to come into the world and adapt to a culture, we took the first seven years of our lives and we're literally being programmed with everything we see, hear, and experience then becomes our beliefs. So if your parents say, money is hard to come by, money is hard to come by, they only, they only have to say it once probably, and, and, and that's your belief, you know, then you own that. Then after the age of seven, our brainwave patterns shift into an alpha state, which then we're more conscious. So now we're consciously expressing ourselves through all of these beliefs, which these beliefs essentially are our personality, are our perceptions. And that's why the church used to say that, you know, give us your children until the age of seven and we'll show you the man, because really they knew that if you get the uh, a 
human being in the first seven years of their lives and you tell them what's what for the rest of their lives, that's how they're going to perceive the world. I'm a living testament to that, by the way. <laughs> he <laughs> was and in every the one church. of us are. Yeah. yeah. And I have it's, to it's, say, from my perspective, yikes. Yeah, well, it's a part of the human condition. But now that we understand that, we're, we're, you know, we don't have to suffer with these old belief patterns. So what I do with my clients is it doesn't take long to speak with someone. I mean, obviously, the first thing is first, you know, what is the biggest, you know, issue in your life? And they'll start talking, and then it's really easy to identify the limiting beliefs and the self-sabotaging behaviors that um, are causing their issues, and then we start to go in from there. Hmm. Very interesting. So, uh, okay. Can you do it at a distance? Yeah. I'm sorry? Was, can you do it at a distance? Yes. There's a process called surrogation. And what surrogation allows me to do um, is literally take on your energy field. So as we understand our higher selves, and time and space doesn't really exist when it comes to energy. And this is all proven as well. So what I literally do is most of my clients are over are online via Zoom, and I muscle test for them. So what we this is the kinesiology aspect. So with the subconscious, it it. Uh, like there's the two aspects of the mind. There's the conscious mind and there's the subconscious mind, and they work together. But the the conscious mind is the creative mind. It's the one that creates all the ideas and, and you know creates the motivation and tells you that uh, you know creates. It's the, where the logical mind is coming from, and it's the one that tells you the self help books to read. You know all these things. But the the subconscious mind is basically just the storehouse for all your programs. And the subconscious mind because it controls all your bodily functions. It controls your motor functions. It controls your heart rate. Like, we don't need to think about these things. I don't need to sit here and think about breathing or my heart rate or all of these things. The subconscious mind is this uh, massive database and uh, like a computer, you know, that runs us, essentially, and it runs our motor functions. So when we consciously say something, if I say to you, I love myself unconditionally, but I have a subconscious belief program in there that is that doesn't support that, uh, using muscle testing, your muscles immediately go weak. The, mi- the minute that you say it, you know, I love myself unconditionally, that's when we muscle test, and you get a truth. It's a truth detector, essentially, uh, built into our bodies, where the muscles will go weak if there's a conflicting idea there. Okay. So we use that We use that to identify what is truth for you, you know, what, what, what really your subconscious believes versus your conscious mind, because our conscious minds can believe anything and everything, but our subconscious beliefs or subconscious programming is the one that's actually providing um, our behavior 95% of the day. Yeah, that's why it's so hard to to break those patterns. Well, it is. It's because 95% of the day, our mind is wandering. And as soon as our mind is wandering, the subconscious programs come into play seamlessly. And, you know, most of the time, people don't even recognize what they're saying because they're thinking about something. So the minute you're thinking about something, your subconscious provides you with, you know, your behavior. So you'll be speaking and then, you you know, if someone said, you know, you sound like just like, you know, if you have a sibling, this, this comes up an awful lot, you know, and they say, you sound just like mom or you sound just like dad. And they're like, what? No, I don't. The reason is, is because they don't recognize that they have these programs that are being played while they're thinking about something else, you know. So um, we use the muscle testing to identify exactly what you're if 
something's weak or if something's strong. So if I say I love myself unconditionally and I don't have a program that supports that, we then move forward with the balancing process. And um, there's a series of balances based on how that program went into your body and your higher self knows exactly how you're programmed. So we ask the higher self, you know, is it safe and appropriate to balance for this? What is the best balance for this, you know? So it's your higher self. Yeah, it's your higher self through muscle testing, which there's just yes or no answers. What how to balance for that um, belief statement. So when you say higher self and energy and all that, you sound a bit like a loopy doodle. Are, are you a loopy doodle? Uh, well, it's a joke, dude. It's a joke. No, no. I, it's a fair question because anyone who doesn't really understand that, uh, you know, really um, how we are, who we are, what we are, you know, yeah. like if you ask the leading scientists, they're going to say, you're going to say to yourself, I'm this physical individual. You know, and, and you ask a biologist that, they're going to say, no, you're not, man. That is a slight misperception, really. You're a community of 50 trillion individual cells. They're the living being. You're the, you're the energy consciousness within that being, you know? So right. it's, it's just a matter of perception. So I agree with you. Depending on who you're talking to, I'm definitely a loopy doodle. <laughs> but, uh, but really, it's just because um, I'm just seeing a bit more of what's actually happening. I mean, uh, quantum physics is bearing out this whole field now. It's, uh, you know, there is a, uh, a merging happening between science and spirit, I believe, at least. Like you say, Absolutely. you know, this whole area of kinesiology and being able to read the uh, person's electromagnetic field using equipment that is bearing out what we've all always known, that that our thoughts produce certain energies, certain Well, even the Bible, vibrations. the Bible talks about, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he in all of that. I'm, I'm, bringing, out, I'm bringing out my Bible blah, blah, blah from the past. But anyway, getting back no, to that seven-year-old thing, right? Well, and it's true, and, and you know, the emotions are more powerful than the thought, and if you, like Greg Braden, he's, um, I don't know if you know who Greg Braden yeah, is, but yeah. he's, yeah, so he's he's doing a lot of um, research on the electromagnetic field, right? Um, and Of the Earth, too. Of the Earth, of, okay, so that's the beautiful thing about quantum physics is that that when it comes to the energy field, the, the electromagnetic field of existence, Everything is tied together. Everything all is the same. We're just experiencing ourselves from a, a very specific, focused perception. But really, we're all connected. Mm-hmm. So, so um, the you know the quantum physics is definitely um, tying in, like you say, uh, spirituality in with science, and, and it's a it's a fascinating time, really, because of what they're finding. What I found interesting about Greg Braden's research is he gets into uh, mapping the electromagnetic fields on the planet and the fact that people who live in areas of lighter electromagnetics or planetary magnetics uh, have, uh, gen to have tend to have more sort of progressive societies, more, uh, they're more open to change. So what are the energetics of Washington, D.C.? That's what I want to know. (laughs) 
I'll just uh, leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't get into that. No, but <laughs> it was really fascinating to me because I looked at this map that was in his one of his books. I can't remember which. And, and you could totally see that all of the more liberal places, and, and I'm not using the term liberal politically, all the more liberal places had uh, lower um, magnetic fields, basically. The lower magnetic field. Yeah, I don't really know much about that. I haven't, um, I haven't read anything about about that side of things. But I do know that there is a lot of science, um, a lot of data to research, and there's been a lot proven that that really, if we're interested in really understanding um, who we are on a deeper level, um, those are the places to go. And like you were saying, the, the electromagnetic field of the heart is uh, is like something like a thousand times. It could be, I, I can't even say mm-hmm. the number because I don't know, but it's, a, it's an enormously amount, it's a, enormously more powerful than our thoughts. So that's why when you said, when you mentioned emotions, Jeff, I, agree, I couldn't agree with you more because really it's our emotional state of being that really creates um, the chemistry within our body and really creates, you know, our reality. Yeah, and for me, um, as we talked about when I met you in Kamloops a few months ago, the challenge that I'm dealing with and have been dealing with for the last almost three years is having them actually cut into my my heart. Um, well, I guess they didn't cut into the heart itself, but my chest, and they had to do rewiring around it. But I found that my biggest struggle was not the physical heart itself, but it was the emotional stuff afterwards. And I I think I'm, I'm on the other side of it, but it definitely has been a struggle. And when you talk about, you know, how much knowledge or how much wisdom is in the heart, and then when you have it disconnected for a while, it's really a challenge to reintegrate. And, and then they plant all kinds of negative seeds in your mind and tell you that, you know, you've got to take certain medications for the rest of your life and blah, 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 blah. And well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just... Uh, well, go ahead. Uh, well, it's interesting, you know, what you mentioned about the prognosis and with uh, the medical community and what they believe right now currently, and they look at the body as a, as a, as a machine. Yeah. And... You know, really, it's not a machine at all. Um, and I can understand that that's, a, that's an enormously traumatic event um, that you experienced. And I remember speaking to you about that and, and, and the fears that you were experiencing. Mm-hmm. And really, what it comes down to is there isn't anything actually, uh, you know, biologically causing that fear. The, it's the beliefs that cause the fear and the perceptions that cause the fear. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that, like, I know that you can overcome the, the, the fear of it. Maybe you won't come over, you know, the, whatever is happening to you physically. Um, but the fear itself can be, can be easily um, maneuvered around simply by rewriting those beliefs that are causing the issue. Well, and there's a direct correlation to, um, well, challenging hormones, right? If, if you've got fear and that kind of stuff, you know, rattling around inside of your body, it's definitely going to encourage the production of cortisol, for example. And cortisol, they've proven, 
is extremely toxic for the body. It causes inflammation and causes death, you know, whether it's in the, in the form of cancer or heart disease or whatever. So, yeah, being able to change the program itself, uh, you know, I can see there's a huge advantage to that. So the, the next question that comes to my mind is how effective long-term is it? Is it something where, okay, you get the treatment done, or whatever you call it, the adjustment, or I, I always get into trouble with people. They say, well, no, it's not that word. Don't use that word. <laughs> but you'll, you'll have to tell me what the right word is. But anyway, so yeah, like once it's done, do you have to worry about doing it again? Well, that's the thing. Unless you, that's the reason, beauty of the system. This is the beauty of, of understanding the subconscious. You broke up there. Hello, Steve. Hello. You're breaking up a little bit. This Can you is hear me? The, yeah, yeah, that's much better. This is the okay. challenge of doing this over the phone. So, oh well, yeah. just okay, the way it yeah. is. Exactly. Um, the I forgot what I was going to say. Well, he was talking about: Do you have to keep doing this, or does right, it kind of right. stick? Yeah. Well, the beauty of the subconscious, and that we understand it, is more. It's a hard drive. It's a program. It doesn't decide for you when and where. Uh, it, you know, something's going to come into play. It just, it just is there and comes into play. So when you rewrite a limiting belief, the same as when we programmed ourselves when we were children, they're there until you change them. And there's only four main ways to change your subconscious beliefs, and that's through hypnosis, as we've seen in the first seven years of our lives. There's habitual behavior. I mean, create a new habit. So that's the only other. There's an, that's another way of um, rewriting limiting behaviors and limiting beliefs, and, uh, you know, one I don't really recommend, which is tremendous emotional shock, um, which, for example, for you, Jeff, um, the shock of what you went through obviously put a program into you where you're terrified of hospitals, you know, and that's how fast it happens, and it's there until you remove that program and rewrite that program, and then the other way is through these belief change processes, which is the fastest and most efficient way of doing it, so the answer is when you change a belief, it's 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 there. It's just it's running in your program until you change it again. So unless you decided to purposely change it or have some other tremendous amount uh, trauma, emotional trauma, it's going to be there for the rest of your life. And the beautiful thing of it is, it's something. See, for you, it's it's a phobia. It's a fear. You would you could literally see if you were um, free of that old belief by walking into a hospital. So you could have a session. Prior to that, say, go to the hospital, see if that fear is still there, have a session, go back into the hospital, and if that belief change uh, has been rewritten, if that core belief has been rewritten, you won't feel no fear whatsoever. It'll literally be gone from your being, and that's what I love about it. And if it didn't work, I'd just drop over dead. So either way, I wouldn't have to (laughs) be concerned about it, right? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Well, that's one way. But the the interesting thing, too, about beliefs in psyche is, it's all about core beliefs. We have, yeah. we, we're constantly, constantly reinforcing our, our beliefs, whether they're supportive or limiting through our experiences. So there's layers and layers and layers of beliefs that we have. And the idea is to reach the core belief, you know, the diamond. The reason for your, the core belief is, is the source of your behavior. And then, you know, say you have 
you know, like like I said earlier, you know, your father says that money is hard to come by. And for the rest of your life, you're experiencing that. Every time you experience that, you're reinforcing that belief and reinforcing that belief. So, and maybe even putting in a new program that supports it. So if you get that core belief, it rewrites all the supporting beliefs so that it just simply doesn't exist in your being. You're literally a completely different person. And when you measure yourself, if you had some of this equipment, they can see that change. Have you ever tried doing this with a child? I haven't, but I do know that it, uh, it's, it, well, I've heard from other facilitators that it, you know, it is absolutely remarkable um, how open they are to the ideas because they don't have 40 years of believing that this is all crap, you know, or, or you know, they don't have so many, they just want to, they're just like, I don't care how it works, just fix me or, or just present <laughs> it to me. You know? Well, the, the beauty of... <laughs> The beauty for them is, is they haven't uh, basically lived a life where they keep replaying the program and add more and more experiences that confirm that disempowering belief, right? Exactly. Disem- yeah. Whether it's limiting or supporting, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. If you're a confident, confident person and you, you know, you're constantly challenging yourself, you're constantly rewriting new beliefs that, yes, I can do this, and the, big, the strides get bigger, the challenges get bigger, and your confidence is over the moon, you know? So it, whether it's limiting or supporting, it's the same thing. Every time we experience something that supports that, like you say, it's just, you know, it's just uh, backing that up. So the children don't have that, those years of reinforcing their limiting beliefs, so it, it's easier to change their behaviors. Nice. Interesting. So, okay, so how does it work? If if someone gave you a call or sent you an email or whatever, right, how, yeah, how do you get to that core belief? Like, I understand you have a, a two-way chat via video or whatever, but what is the process of digging deeper? I mean, do you have a list of 6,000 questions? Uh, not a list of 6,000, but... Uh... But I do know what you're saying, and, and essentially it is. It's an exploratory uh, thing, right? So if I ask you, you know, we go through a conversation, and, and, you know, when it comes to Psyche, being emotionally connected to what you're, what you're doing, what you're saying, is, yep. is so imperative. So if you say to me, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, I want to make more money, and, you know, you try and balance for that, it's not going to do anything. But if you get to the core of why you're having a hard time, you know, uh, receiving money or bringing money into your life, then you'll see that change immediately. And if you're still struggling with it, then you have to you have to dive deep within. You have to ask yourself objectively, with no judgment, what's the issue here? It takes some work. It takes some personal self work. You know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but it's rewarding. And it, and you will get to the bottom of it if you have the intention to do so. And when you do reach that core belief, boom! It's your whole life changed. So have you experienced that personally yourself? Yeah, I have. Okay, so I'll give you an example. The most recent example that I experienced with that was um, public speaking. So I've been supporting staff in public speaking since, I don't know, 2014 or something. And uh, it's easy for me to be the guy in the back being like, oh, you got this, you know, no problem. (laughs) But uh, as soon as it came up for me, I was like, oh, my God. I, like, I was absolutely terrified. I had this speaking engagement, uh, my first one, and I knew it six weeks out, and I was terrified, and I was 
trying to balance for it and um I was balancing, you know, I think I did like uh five or six different balances and then I finally recognized that um the core belief for me was uh that it's terrifying to speak to a group of people. That simple. So all I did was I rewrote this uh, belief statement that, you know, I love and enjoy speaking to large groups of people. And from that moment on, oh my gosh, no problem. Like yesterday, Sunday, today's Tuesday, on Sunday I spoke to, I don't know, 80 people. And uh, it was the same as speaking to three, you know, like it was really no problem. And prior to that, my first speaking engagement, there were seven people and I was so afraid. So for me, it took five tries or something before I identified the core belief, the actual reason. So my father, say, for example, or my mother, say, for example, actually specifically said those words. It's terrifying to speak to large groups of people. And boom, that's my program. Right. So you do have to identify, you have to be, you have to be willing to really look within and, and be like, okay, um, I do have to, there is a core belief. There's a reason for this. Now, what is it? And you can't be, uh, you know, you have to dig deep and really try to understand what the belief statement is. It makes you really. as a parent just think about what did I say? <laughs> oh, no. I hope, you know, you'd really have to be very careful about your statements around your child then. It's absolutely imperative. Yeah, like this knowledge, this uh, this new, I mean, they found, they discovered this in 1969. So it's not new, but it's just becoming more in the mainstream uh, in our awareness that, yeah, the first seven years of a child's life, they are literally being programmed with everything they see, hear, and experience. So, you know, it really offers you an opportunity to uh, to take awareness, to really be aware of what we're, what we're saying and what we're presenting to our children um, because it's going to be their programming for the rest of their lives or, well, unless they decide to, you know, go to psyche or recognize um, that motivation and, you know, uh, they can create new habits. But understanding the beliefs are the control, the reason for your perceptions is a, is a, main, a major um, understanding in our lives. So is there a way that you can be a surrogate for the surrogate? Like, okay, my question is, is you've got a, a well, a, a, we're talking about parents. You know you said uh, things to your kids when they were younger that were not empowering, but it's too late. They're over seven years old, and now they're going to write a book called Mommy Dearest or Daddy yeah. Dearest. <laughs> Now, is there a way that a parent could contact someone like you with this background, with this training, and facilitate the process of resetting a child that maybe is fully grown now and may be in resistance to communicating with the parent? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. As a facilitator, um, I could be through surrogation um, balanced for people without their knowledge. But it, it's not without their higher self. Nothing will happen if it's not safe and appropriate for that person. So for me to be in the surrogation for somebody, I have to ask their higher self, their, their, uh, you know, their, larger, their larger aspect of who they are, if this is safe and appropriate. And if it's not safe and appropriate, it simply won't happen. That's so- interesting. I, I, I really didn't think that it would be possible to do it without their conscious knowledge, but it is. It absolutely is, yes. And I've done, um, 
you know, some balancing for, for my son and I've done some balancing for Stephanie and I've done some balancing for my family members. And, uh, um, I've tried to balance for a couple of people that it wasn't appropriate. So you just can't do it. Like it's just the way it is. So if there was a really screwed up individual that was like head of the free world, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm qualified for that. No. <laughs> But you know what I was thinking is um, I went through divorce with my first husband when my youngest son was seven. And I know that there's aspects of that experience that have caused obstacles for him. And I've struggled with how to help him with that. So, you know, I maybe I should have waited till he was eight. <laughs> but I didn't. So, So this is something that... I could help him with using Psyche. Absolutely, yeah. And Psyche, the other amazing thing, Jeff, I was just joking, but um, you can balance, you can do balances for uh, like a group of people, you know, like a a country. You could do it for the planet. You could do it for the politicians. And, And, you know, if it's safe and appropriate, you can do that. If it's not safe and appropriate, it won't happen. So the really, when it comes to Psyche, you can be really creative in terms of um, um, really helping uh, energetically, of course, um, you know, bodies and people um, right. to to reach a, a more balanced state, which really is what we're aiming for. Well, we knew, and we just kind of lost touch with them over the last couple of years, but we knew the pilot for the Maharishi, and him and his wife were part of that big uh, experiment in Washington, D.C., where I think they brought in a thousand meditators over one weekend, and they successfully reduced the crime rate in Washington, D.C. by 25%, just by focusing on love. And it was so effective that the police actually became underwriters of the experiment because they said the only way that you could reduce 20, you know, the crime rate by that amount in Washington, D.C., is if there's a major snowstorm and people won't go outside. So they were just totally blown away, and they, they know that that was the thing that happened. And so, yeah, our, our ability to connect on our, you know, on our deepest levels and highest levels and then projecting it outside... To the group consciousness. To the group consciousness, it has a huge impact. Enormous impact, absolutely, and yeah. it's very real. It's it's how it's how it is, you know. And there and and like we were saying earlier with the elect, electromagnetic grid, you know, that's how it's happening because that's how we're all connected. Yeah. Hmm. We need a whole pile of you guys all over the world <laughs> working at it all the time. So yeah, well, it's fascinating about Psyche is that uh, the the. The creator, Psyche, um, you know, Hay House, um, this is a story I had heard, you know, I didn't um, research it, but I was told that, you know, Hay House wanted him to write a book on Psyche and put it out to the masses, but he refused to do it simply because it might lose its integrity. So the fact that he was so concerned about the integrity of this process, that was another real, you know, uh, idea. It just really drew me to it because I knew that this was something that was, you know, was real and and sacred in a sense that the the process is very specific. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
So what are your plans then for the future? I mean, if you're talking to 80 people on Sunday, are you going to like do the world tour and become the next Tony Robbins or, <laughs> or what? You and Stephanie well, you together, know, a team. Yeah, Stephanie and I are, are doing some work together. We have, a, we have an event coming up this year called The Power of Our Beliefs. And, uh, and she and I are working together. We're thinking about working together um, with her channeling Solomon and me, working with clients with Psyche, um, just to see if that is an added benefit. Um, but really, I'm just taking it one step at a time. Um, I'm trying to, to really let people know that uh, there's an alternative here to um, living the same, you know, the, the main thing is understanding, really understanding what's causing um, our behaviors, you know, and it's, if you have a limiting behavior that's repetitive, it's, a, it's a from a, stemming from a subconscious belief. And now that we know that you can rewrite those in minutes, um, we really have the ability to transform our lives and, and really enrich the, you know, our, everything around us. So, um, the fear and stress and anxiety that everyone, that most of us experience as a North American culture um, those are the things that are leading to illness and disease, and there's no need for it whatsoever. Hmm. So hopefully you can be part of the uh, the medical plan. <laughs> uh, well, I think that hey? is, once a pharma- pharmaceutical uh, company um, has no choice but to embrace this idea, that's what's going to happen. But uh, until then, it'll remain the way it is, I think. And yeah. just slowly, we have to educate ourselves, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, Bruce Lipton says, you know, if you watch the movie Heal, um, I highly recommend it for anyone who has any kind of illness or would like to understand um, how they can heal themselves. Uh, really, except for, with the exception of trauma, um, immediate acute trauma, you can heal yourself with your beliefs and your perceptions, because our body already contains everything that we need to heal. I mean, if you look at Anita Morjani, she had like, she was riddled with cancer, absolutely riddled with these lemon sized tumors all over her body. And she died or was in a coma ready to die. Her organs were shutting down. And when she came back to her body, she had a, a, a near death experience because of that. When she came back, um, she, it took like, I can't remember the exact amount of time, but within two months, I think the tumors were all gone and she was back living her life cancer free. And the reason that that can happen is because our bodies have that ability. The only thing that's stopping it from that happening is our beliefs. So, and our perceptions that it can or can't happen because really the pharmaceuticals that they're giving us are just releasing chemicals in our body that are already available to be produced. They're not giving you chemicals that your brain can't already produce. So, um, you know, our body already contains everything it needs to heal itself. We just have to understand the process and believe in it. So I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball, uh, not because I'm a jerk, but because, well, it's a genuine question that I've got. What happens if you've got someone that has had modifications? They've got metal inside of their body, for example, due to a procedure. Well, do you believe that psyche could help someone? I mean, basically, if you've got stents, for example, in in your cardiovascular system, they tell you you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life because your body is trying to reject this foreign object, this 
you know, this hunk of metal or whatever it is. So how would Psyche deal with that scenario? Well, Psyche is just a belief change process, but it absolutely is true. If you can rewrite your beliefs in such a way that your brain, that you believe that you can heal yourself, your brain will take care of the rest. It will release the chemicals into your body that allow your uh, that allow your cells to conform to the idea of health, and it will heal. And it's not like I'm saying this not because I've experienced it, but because I've heard stories where that has happened, you know, and the science supports it. So all I'm telling you is what I've seen in the outside world. Um, I haven't actually experienced that, but I do believe that, Jeff. I really do. Hmm. You know, it's occurred to me in the past going through various healing modalities that sometimes going through this complicated process and intense experience uh, with some kind of a healer or medical professional is really just a way for you to convince yourself that you're healed. Um, the placebo. It, yeah, it is. It can be a, a very expensive and sometimes painful placebo, but it's, it's well, at least for my, myself, I, I've proven time and again uh, how much my mind can affect, or I guess it's my beliefs can affect my health, either positively or negatively. I mean, I... I have manifested disease and then healed it again. You know, it, it's frustrating as heck when you feel like you're not in charge of the process. But, but yeah, and that's the thing is that you, it feels like we're not, but really now that we have the understanding, then really we are. It's just a choice. Um, I do know what you mean, though, in terms of um, because our, our beliefs create our perception, our perception tells our, our mind uh, what the environment is, and then the, the mind creates the chemicals, puts it into our body, and our body creates that, that environment. Whether you think you're in a healthy environment, then your body will be in a healthy environment. If you think and believe that you're in an unhealthy environment, your body will, will, will just create that for you, even if it's not actually in an unhealthy environment. So it's, it's, right. it's fascinating. I've, I've got a quick question. Um, we went to a a therapist over a year ago that did resets of allergies. And I'm just thinking if you use the same, you know, procedure with Psyche, like could you, if someone has an allergy to dairy or whatever the situation is, can you use Psyche to reset that? Yeah, absolutely. It's called a reactive response. Yeah. Um, the allergy. Um, and what they found is that, um, I can't remember the percentage, but it's a really tiny percent um, of, I can't remember the percentage, but most, most, you could probably, it's 90 something percent, I believe, of allergies are based on a traumatic experience and yeah. are just about beliefs, right? So uh, I know that one of the people in my class, um, she uh, transformed her reactive response to strawberries. She was um, anaphylactic to strawberries. And by the, she did a balance and two months later went and did a test and she was no longer allergic to strawberries. So she started eating them and she's fine. And I did the same with uh, my allergy to my cat. Um, I'm no longer allergic to my cat and I was. What about an allergy to work? (laughs) (laughs) I've got that one too. I'm working on it. Okay. All right. The the other thing that comes to mind for me, uh, because this has been my challenge, is autoimmune issues. 
they yeah, are they very much know. about belief, right? Well, yeah, one hundred percent. They they don't. The reason they're autoimmune since they just don't know why what it what causes it. Um, but according to Bruce Lipton and the other scientists, um, uh, other biologists that are that are um, working with all of these things and the idea of belief and perception is that yeah, it's one hundred percent perception based. So, so when we when we perceive when we perceive when we when we live in a world of stress, um, then it creates a perfect storm for our bodies to create these illnesses and uh, these diseases. And uh, if you can eliminate that stress from your life, then you will eliminate all the symptoms of it. Have you been able to successfully help people with autoimmune dis- diseases with Psyche? I haven't. No, I haven't worked with, uh, with any diseases. No, I haven't. Um, but I have heard of success stories. Mm, be interesting to try that. Mm-hmm. And the reason I had mentioned that about the autoimmune disease is because uh, on Sunday we watched the movie Heal, and that's what they were talking about. That was one of the things they were talking about was autoimmune disease, and um, and that's why it came out that way. So how would Psyche then, how does it differ between other similar kinds of treatments? I mean, there's like affirmations, biofeedback, biofeedback the hemi-sync stuff, for example, which uses biofeedback as well. Um, there's also like heart math uh, and just general hypnosis. I mean, going to a, a shrink and having them do a, uh, you know, their kind of therapy. Like, how does it differ? And where is it similar? Well, the only one that you mentioned there that I, that I know enough about to say uh, is hypnosis does work in terms of rewriting limiting beliefs, and right. uh, you know the first seven years of our lives are attested to that. Um, the other processes and modalities, um, you know, I don't know my my uh, you know my my perception of that would simply be that we're providing ourselves an opportunity to release um, buried emotions and buried trauma and these kinds of things, but. If you don't get to the source of the trauma, which is generally speaking our beliefs um, and our perceptions, then it's easy to come back. And I, I'm not saying that these other modalities, I, I really don't know enough about them to say anything, really. Um, but I do know one thing, for example, the, there was an experiment in China, I'm sure you heard about it, it was, it was pretty big in terms of uh, out there and, and awareness was uh, there was a group of, there's a Chinese hospital that is... It works with energy, and they, on film, watched, they used, I think, five or six people, and they used um, energy in some way to re- to eliminate that tumor. They literally watched the tumor shrink and disappear. Yeah, I saw that film. Say. You saw it? Yeah. So what, they, what they didn't mention was that a number of months later, the cancer came back. And the reason the cancer came back was because the the cancer is a symptom of a behavior, a symptom of a belief, a symptom of uh, perception, because it's the perception that's creating the environment in their body that's causing the cancer. So it came back, and uh, it was just an interesting little tidbit of information that I that I found. So what you're doing in Psyche, then, is totally eliminating the trigger. So once it's yep. gone, you no longer have an issue with it. That's right, 100%, yeah. Once... Uh, once you remove the the perception from your being, 
you never experience that perception again unless you choose to put it back. So if I have an issue with winning $10 million on the lottery, <laughs> I could pay you to remove that. Is that what you're saying? Well, what, what you could do is you could write, rewrite beliefs supporting that potential. Right. And then it may or, it may, or may not manifest but you'll at least have the supporting potential. You know what I mean? And be open to abundance. And be open to abundance, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what you have to do is identify where within you do you believe that that's impossible for you. You know, why is it hard? Why is it hard? It's just a thing that happens, right? So if you believe it can happen for you, then you're at least open to that potential. So shift can happen. (laughs) We know it can. <laughs> uh-huh. So we've got a couple minutes left. So before we let you go, again, the name of the show is Shift Happens. So tell us in uh, two sentences or less <laughs> what Psyche has done for you personally, if you would. Psyche has liberated me from stress. It has liberated me from fear. And I'm not talking all fear or all stress but mm-hmm. the ones I focused on. Mm-hmm. And it has offered me the opportunity to help others do the same. Excellent. So also before we go, how do people get in touch with you if they're interested in Psyche and doing it with you? Yeah, if you're interested in learning more about Psyche, I have a ton of information on my website. It's uh, balancingbeliefs.com. And you can um, you know, do your own research, uh, which is what I recommend dive into the science if you're that if you really want to understand why this works um and you can contact me via my website or book a session and so you charge like 1400 bucks a minute or something or how does that work well i do generally speaking one hour sessions and it's a hundred dollars an hour um and i would do a 30 minute session but you'd have to be very familiar with the process of Psyche so that there's no, you know, there's not a lot of dialogue because 30 minutes isn't a long time. Um, right. But uh, in one hour, uh, you can usually um, make headway in your life. Absolutely. Excellent. Sounds like good value. So what we'll mm-hmm. do is we'll put your contact information on our website. Shifthappens.media for anybody out there who's listening and wants to find Stephen. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think it'd be good to maybe touch base with you again in the near future. Absolutely. And, yeah, we will be posting uh, the audio of this interview on shifthappens.media as well, and we'll pass that on to you. So uh, if anybody wants to listen to this show or share it with a friend, They can go to our website or check out balancingbeliefs.com. And the show re-airs every Sunday at 3 o'clock as well. So if you've caught the tail end of this and you wanted to hear it from the beginning because Stephen was just so interesting, well, you can do it again in a few days. So, yeah, do you have any other questions to ask him? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. Thanks so much for all the info, Stephen. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. It's, uh, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And can people find you on Facebook? Yeah, they can find me on Facebook, Stephen Banks, um, can, and through my website. Those are the, the two main 
ways. And if anybody didn't hear last week, we did an interview with Stephanie, Stephen's wife, who channels 